Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of work Workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to personally invite you to be part of our next workshop coming up June 24th through the 26th in Texas. So call us today at 210-822-8201 or visit gatewaymen.com. Welcome to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Are you ready to get real and start living each day in purity? This dynamic program is designed to educate, encourage, and equip listeners with the tools necessary for living a life of sexual purity. Pure Sex Radio brings you the best in mobile talk radio. Listen to real life struggles, learn how to overcome lust, pornography, and sex addiction, and get serious about purity. Your hosts for Pure Sex Radio are Jonathan Doherty and Stephen Cervantes. Jonathan is the director of Be Broken Ministries and founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop for Men. Stephen is the founder of the Hope Counseling Center. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. And now, please welcome Jonathan and Stephen on Pure Sex Radio. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan. I'm here with Stephen. Stephen, how are you today? I'm glad to be here today. I'm excited about the program. Good. Well, you know, we are always grateful to have you listeners here with us. And I want to share with you about our Gateway to Freedom workshop. It is our three-day workshop for men who are struggling with any kind of um, sexual stronghold, so whether that be pornography or uh, affairs, same-sex attraction, any kind of sexual struggles. And this is a great catalyst for helping men at any stage of the journey to be able to kind of break through to deeper la- layers of growth and healing. Uh, and so if you'd like to learn more about the workshop and how you can get involved, uh, we do the workshop throughout the year at various locations in different regions. You can go to gatewaymen.com or call our toll-free number at one 800 49 purity. So Stephen, this week we're going to be talking about this issue of, of trust. And, uh, and I just, you know, as you, you had mentioned to me that this might be uh, an area that we were going to look at. And, and as I was just thinking about this idea of trust, and I was thinking, man, you know, trust is, um, and you know, I'm coming at it from a man's perspective. So I'm going to say this as a man, trust is kind of scary. You know, I think of what it takes to trust and, and the level of vulnerability, the the safety that's needed the um, to be able to, because when I think of trust, I'm saying, I'm, I'm trusting you 
And in some ways, that means I'm entrusting myself to you. That's good. And that's difficult because it's like, if I'm really going to trust you, I got to let you know me. And then, of course, there's vulnerability on your side because you got to let your, you, you know, let me know you. Yes. And so there's a little bit of a scariness, I think, to trust, which is why I think so many of us are, are, are broken Hmm. because, um, Every single, I don't think, there's, there can't be a human alive um, throughout all of history that has not experienced broken trust on some level. Well, that's good. Everybody's experienced it. That's right. Our heart's broken. He, he broke me down, right? Mm-hmm. They even broke in. Think about trust broken. You know? That's good. So I'm at this train, training seminar, and it's about trauma. And I, I'm, I keep trying to get smarter about trauma because the difficulties of our past impact the future and then impact today and the tomorrows. And this speaker is talking, and she says, um, there is an original betrayal of trust that's broken that sets up a pattern of not being able to trust and trying to keep ourselves safe, and we get all goofy in the head. So I wanted to—this is hard to do because we're not on TV. We're just talking Mm -hmm. it out, but I'm going to tell you what I drew in front of me, and if you want to draw these boxes, then draw them because I'm going to take you down a healthy path first, and then I'm going to take you down an unhealthy path. So— the first box says home, and then on a healthy path, you feel loved, you're kept safe, the world is explained to you, you have power, your, your voices, you have a voice, and you're asked about what you want and need. And so when you feel safe and loved, trust holds, Okay. You can trust yourself. You can trust your parents. You can trust the world around you. You can trust what's said. Um, because we don't know about the world, but we're told, oh, it's not safe over there. Don't do that. You should be scared of this and that. But in a home where there's love and support and nurture and safety, trust holds. Then you can start to believe. So the first box is home, feel safe, uh, loved. The next box is trust holds. Then the next block, because trust holds, we start to believe I'm lovable, I'm worthy, I'm valued, I receive, I give. Anything healthy healthy that you can think a person believes about themselves, I have value, I have a voice, people want to hear me, I have things to say. Uh, I'm a good person. I'm a good friend. When trust holds, all these great truths hold. Mm-hmm. Now, what are you thinking? Well, well, first of all, I want to let the listeners know that if you if you hear like rustling paper, it's because Steve has this <laughs> gigantic. He he had one of these uh, pads that are probably like the two foot by three foot, you know, marker pads or whatever. And so me- he has this, yeah. <laughs> That's me. So he has this gigantic <laughs> sheet. I'm actually probably going to, uh, as a part of this uh, broadcast, is on the website, probably post the picture that I shot of, of the notes. <laughs> oh, because that's it's, good. I mean, we had to put it on the floor. It's so big, and I took a snapshot of it. 
Um, so anyway, I just want to let folks know that if you hear that going on, that's just because his notes are on this <laughs> larger-than-life piece of paper. That's great. But I do think there is something, you know, I, I love how you're describing this, because even as you're describing this environment, I'm getting a warm feeling. Because mm. I think the the home you're describing is the desire of every human's heart. Yes. I want that kind of a safe place. I want a place where... I'm invited and included and wanted and and welcome. Mm-hmm. And because then what, what that does is it, it does allow all of those defenses, all of those fears yes. to drop. And now the, the real person that you are can be fully present in that environment. And I think that's what you're describing mm. as trust, is to have that kind of safety in that environment to where then everyone that is with you in that environment, your parents and your siblings, they are fully and completely connected to you because there aren't any of those barriers of fear and doubt. It's like you're safe here. And so therefore trust can be really, really strong. And so when the trust holds and the belief is true, then what happens? The next block is actions. What actions, if you feel valued and worthy and safe and loved, and you feel like you're worthy of growing and valuing and appreciating, well, what flows out of that person? Gratitude. I'm glad to be alive. Mm -hmm. I like me, and I like you, and we're valuable. It's a safe place. The world's okay. The world is safe. I'm going to be protected, and I can protect myself, and you'll protect me, and we'll protect each other. And we can play and, at you know, be at ease and play and be sort of, I put play and maybe restful together. We can be at rest and play and laugh. We can be silly and fun. And then if we want to go on an adventure, we could take a risk. And, and if we fail, there's no shame. We just get loved and we get coached and we grow and we're open to learning I mean, if you believe value and worth, then you act like we're on a journey. Let's enjoy the heck and let's explore and let's use our brains and hands and backs and let's live. The one, the one action there that I think is, um, is likely to make a lot of listeners sort of curl up an eyebrow is fail. That freedom to fail I think we meet so many men in our ministry that that was not their experience growing up. You are not, you, it is not safe enough here to fail because failure is seen as weakness or failure is seen as unacceptable. Failure does not fit the perfect model. Failure is not, you know, Mm. and so, um, but, but what you're describing here is that if you have that safety, if you have that trust then failure does not mean that the relationship is broken. Failure means that something um, something was tried that didn't work. And so in, the, in that atmosphere of, of deep trust, failure is actually seen as an opportunity to learn and grow yes. rather than, than something that says, I must push you further away from me. Because in a relationship that is performance-based, failure says, I have to push you away from you. Yeah, reject you, discard you, push you away. Shame you, whatever, yeah. Yeah. So the last box is trust holes, so I have an open heart 
and I feel deeply loved. Okay, so so if trust holds, that's how it's supposed to go. But most of us had trust broken, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know what happens when a guy breaks trusts, trust with his wife because he's acting out sexually? Her trust has already been broken, right, from the place she came from. Mm-hmm. The original trust was broken. And now when a guy cheats, he breaks trust he puts another break of trust on top of broken trust, mm. right? And I was trying to figure out how to heal my first broken trust, right? Because when it's broken, and maybe I'm premature saying it, but I think it scares the women deep, deep in their being, deep in their old story. It's like, you, I couldn't trust you. I couldn't trust growing up. And now I'm growing up and I can't trust you. It's like, Broken trust on broken trust. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, because by the time a, a wife is is betrayed by her husband, that is not her first experience with broken trust. Yes. And so it will it will often, maybe even on a subconscious level, trigger those former reactions and feelings to broken trust that happened much, much earlier. So what you've just described is very much this healthy path. Yes. And 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 the healthy environment. And so now you want to share with us maybe some things that are on the other side yes. of this massive And the sheet reason of paper. I did that little side note there is if a woman her trust is held and she's strong and she knows her identity, then when a guy cheats, she's going to go, "Man, that you're stupid. That doesn't have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. I'm loved and I'm valued and and I know that to the core of my being." Mm-hmm. And you're stupid, and I have a nice boundary. You're stupid doesn't define me. Yeah. But if you have broken trust from the beginning and feel bad, and then somebody else, they just trigger all the old ugly that was already there that they wanted to go away, you know? So unhealthy path. We're in a home, but it might not be safe. There might be too much anger, too much distance, too much confusion, too much alcohol, too much alone, too much crazy adults that are into rock and roll and didn't grow up and they play 70s music, you know, night and day and you're a kid and what, you know, if the world is unsafe because you can't rest and and you're left alone and you're told you're bad, then trust is broken. Mm-hmm. So we have the same box of home, but next to we have all these unhealthy, angry, distant, and now trust is broken. So now I have to figure out why I was left alone so much, why drinking was more important than me, why working was more important than being home and playing ball with me. And I have to interpret why mom sleeps all day and uh, or mom's got three jobs and never home. What does it mean about me? Mm-hmm. And so... From broken trust, we create this belief about ourselves that I'm not lovable, I'm not worthy, I'm not going to be loved well, I'm not that good. And this is why I was saying earlier that that every human has experienced broken trust. Because since we come from, none of us come from perfect parents, so therefore we did not have a perfect environment, that means that we didn't experience we didn't experience um, the 
the utmost that the healthy path has to bring to us. Now, I do want to make sure that we that I don't say this in such a way that creates a sense of hopelessness. Like, oh my goodness, you're you're basically saying everybody's broken. Everybody has had broken trust, and so therefore, you know, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. I think where we're going in this broadcast is to to just try to help people understand the dynamics of what that broken trust looks like and hopefully uh, encourage them to grow in healthy trust, that trust can be um, established, that you can, that, that there can be a recovery and a restoration of trust. No, I like the way you're saying that because recovery of trust. Remember, if, if the home is not safe, I'm not safe. And say you're lying about kids again. Yeah, they're great observers, but terrible uh, interpreters. Yes, and so they're terrible interpreters. And what they will say is, mom's not crazy. They'll say, I'm bad. Mm-hmm. They will turn on themselves. Children will control what they can control themselves. Too hard to say the world is crazy I got to get out of here. I'm a kid. I live here. I got nowhere to go. I got no other resources. Better to say, oh, well, I must be bad. Mm -hmm. And so from the brokenness of truth not spoken and showed and lived out, um, I turn on myself and I define me as bad. And part of that is because that's really the only frame of reference that a kid can come from, right? What what five-year-old out there is going to turn the tables on an adult or on a parent and say, hey, listen, I'm not the broken one. You're the broken one. That's right. That a takes kid's maturity not do that, years. You know? That's right. That's very adult language. Yeah. So, and, and, and kids have heard, what's wrong? What are you doing? Why are you doing? They've already they've felt bad. They've been mm-hmm. told bad. They already know. So it's easy to grab that definition and say, hey, it's me. But look, if I have to run around feeling bad about myself, that's not going to cut it. So we decide to act in some way, right? And so you could use anger, right? We know angry people, they walk around, they're angry. Mm -hmm. You could be responsible, always in charge and cleaning up and telling people what to do. Or you could perform perfectly. Be the golden child. Yes. So you, once your trust is broken, you got to pick up a role that you got to act to get you some value and worth. Some people turn to control. Some people turn to logic. Some turn to pleasing. But it's interesting. I've noticed this in about 10% of the guys come in. Some boys become lost. They just don't know. They can't figure it out. And so... They say that. You know how I can identify a lost boy? Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You ask him a question. I'm going to ask you about your life, okay? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you thinking? I don't know. What's going on? I don't know. Can you hear a lost boy just using that line and sort of defining himself as, I can't figure it out? You think I can figure out life? I can't figure out life. Don't ask me. And you know one of the reasons why I think that this boy or this child that is in this environment um, that trust is broken will seek out one of these roles is because 
every single one of us want a defined place in life. Mm-hmm. We want to know our place. And so nobody can go through life perpetually without having a sense of place. And the thing is, is in the trust environment, when there is trust, we know our place, right? Oh, that's good. We are meant to be here. We are meant to be in this relationship. We are. This is where safety and, and yeah. wonder and excitement and exploration happens. But when you have broken trust, you go, what's my place? Where, where do I fit? What and so we grab on to either being the jokester or the controller or the lost boy or whatever. Because even a lost boy has found his place, right? Yes, that's uh, my point exactly. Being lost is very powerful. You're just always lost. You don't answer the questions. You don't know. And that's it. It's very safe being lost. But you come in... I mean, we recently had a guy that was told, you know, he's supposed to be a spiritual leader. And I mean, he just trained himself, wanted to be the leader, used logic and spiritual, and then he got rejected. And it's just like devastating when you take a role on and you make it your whole identity. And then somebody goes, hey, that's a little too much, Mm -hmm. too much control. Hey, that's a little too much perfect. That's too much church. That's too much logic. Hey, dial it down a little bit. You're... Broken trust is showing. Could you dial it down a little bit? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, um, so what I believe is, um, I'm not worthy of love. I'm not going to be loved well. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to find love. But I'm going to act a certain way, like a pleaser, and they're going to sort of love me. But I still don't feel love. So I'm going to go find love. And a boy on a journey who's looking for great love stumbles into sexuality. Mm-hmm. I want to be loved. I want to be valued. I want to have a place. I want to be strong. I want to have a voice. I want to get away from pain. And he finds his sexuality. Say something. What are you thinking right now? Well, it, it makes sense because if we do have that innate longing to belong then if we have a, if we don't get that sense from our our home from our parents then guess what pornography invites you in you can have a sense of belonging yes in pornography okay i found my place i'm the lost boy i may not know anything else but i know that in porn or in my fantasies or in my sexuality that i can i can belong I can feel I I I've got very well defined definition. You know, it's it's very well defined of my place here. That's interesting. How that lost boy wouldn't be lost in pornography. Mm-hmm. It would just move him right along to the next place, the next place. And he would get identity and clarity and definition. And he right. It's it's a program you can follow. Mm-hmm. The program is get worse, right? right? But not get clarity about life. Well, the interesting thing is the program is to get worse at hiding and being lost. Mm. You know, it's like the lost boy finds his quote-unquote place, and it only increases his lostness. It becomes the ultimate loss, right? right? You're hiding, denying, lying, and spending more and more time in this fantasy place that's not real. Mm -hmm. That's good. So a boy looking for love, value, and worth finds his sexuality, and he creates a secret world, right? And in his fantasy, he's a hero, and everybody loves him. But he can't tell anybody. He has to hide that. He can't show that. Or he might sort of—he wants to use women for pleasure and value. And it's sort of like love, you know? 
Lust is sort of like love. Pleasure is sort of like love. You know, escaping in fantasy, it's sort of like love. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's why I think then this boy ends up getting trapped into some kind of an addiction because, uh, and, and it's one of the other reasons too why then I think he is prone to being one who then breaks trust throughout his life. Oh, that's good. Because, like, hey, this you mentioned in a previous broadcast that if we have a if we have a poor starting point, then we can't expect a good finishing point. In other words, it, they it really does matter where we start from. And so, this idea of if if this boy starts from broken trust, um, why would we all of a sudden expect that he would figure out on his own mm. how to trust, how to how to create that kind of environment? Listen. He is totally living the double life. He's totally, he's going to give you parts of who he is, but he's always going to hold back something. And that's why it's so devastating then when when those pieces of him become known, because guess what? That breaks trust. He's not fully present. He's not fully engaged. He's learned how to get lost in his pornography and his fantasies. And that becomes a cycle in his world and his coping. And, you know, it's... It's a little bit sad that boys find sexuality before they're men Mm -hmm. because it's overwhelming and it's pleasurable and exciting and they just grab their sexuality and go, I found the answer. I found the solution, right? But if you know you're loved and you have a balanced life that works where you give and take and receive and pour out and share— and you give love and you receive love, then then you don't need to go so much to your sexuality to try to make that the end all. And when you have been in an environment that has, where you've experienced that failure is not final, that failure is not something that you have to absolutely have a total terror of, um, because you've been able to fall and get up and fall and get up and fall and get up. You've, re- you've recognized that um, I can learn through mistakes. Whereas, listen, if you've come from broken trust, you grab onto one of those roles, one of those personas, and especially if you're either the, the pleaser or the controller or the you know golden child, listen, failure is not an option. Right. And so it's just, which is interesting because then it kind of only perpetuates more failure. Because you just hide better. Oh, yes, and get better at failing and hiding and get worse, you don't get better. Mm-hmm. So here's the formula. Bo- broken trust in a boy cries out and says, the interpretation is you're unlovable. And when I believe I'm unlovable, I have to create some false identity. I have to be the pleaser. But being the pleaser does not satisfy because you're never supposed to be the pleaser. You're supposed to be a regular boy. But so I'll please and please and please, but I got no rest. But I'll please and please and please. But I, I, I can't let people know that I, I, there's more. No, there's please, please, please. So then I find my sexuality pair my sexual fantasy where I'm loved well with this broken trust, false belief. Then I develop an addiction. Mm-hmm. Right, an addiction is a great solution. I'm not saying it's great, but it's a, a a perfect solution to pain. To start to drink a little alcohol and a little more alcohol, a little more, use a little bit of medicine and more. I mean, if you can't figure out how to numb the pain, use something, because the pain of being unlovable, unworthy, 
of no value. It's, it's overwhelming when you lay in the dark at night and go, you're no better than a piece of furniture or a piece of trash on the ground. That's your worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we learn to essentially play a role, play, become an actor in our lives rather than actually living our lives. We have to kind of create these false identities. And then what we finally discover is out of broken trust, we don't actually find love. We, we, we find all these substitutes that don't actually match the real thing. And so as we close here, Stephen, what's the shift that needs to take place? How does somebody begin moving back toward what trust is and back toward the healthy path? So when, when a man wakes up and realizes, look what I've done. I built this whole apparatus to pursue love, and I don't feel loved. The man grabs that boy with bad identity and says, we have to go find love. We have to find God, the great lover. We have to find truth that sets us free. We have to work as programmed, designed, that we are loved and honored. We are cleansed by the blood. We are restored. Our name is in the book. A place is prepared for us because the great lover said, I have a way out of the trap. Mm -hmm. And the good news is that he promises to be found by those who seek him. Mm -hmm. And even better, he promises to seek us out. He says, I'll even leave the 99 sheep to go find the one lost wandering sheep. Mm-hmm. And so that's good news for if you feel like you've been wandering, if, you've, if you're the lost boy out there, there is good news that you can be returned into the fold of trust where you can learn from failure, where you can be loved and be known. If you'd like help on your journey, please contact us. And we look forward to having you back here next week on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. Pure Sex Radio.